Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. It's December 2nd, 2021, and this is episode 39 of the workshop podcast. And it's also the third episode in our ongoing Thursday night preparedness series. Tonight, we are going to talk about oh, kind of a crappy situation. Uh, plumbing and sewer issues, that sort of thing. But before we do, let's just, I got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. I always have a few announcements to, to get by for you guys. So for those of you on uh, PBN, the Prepper Broadcast Network, you guys know who you are. If you got a minute and you don't mind running by and checking out my YouTube channel, even if you don't always go to YouTube that often, I'm coming up on a pretty cool milestone. I'm shooting to hit 3,000 subscribers before the new year. And I think it's very, very doable. So if you get a minute, run by there and uh, slap me a subscribe if you don't mind. YouTube.com slash C slash Toolman Tim's Workshop. And you can just type in Toolman Tim and that works. Um, this Sunday night, for those of you who follow me on the uh, Sunday night live streams as well, we got a really cool guest coming up, Tactical Redneck. He's going to come on. I love his name. Anyway, he's from down from Tennessee former military guy, he's going to come on and talk about assessing your property um, for, you know, tacticalness, is that the right word? <laughs> and security. So I'm really looking forward to that. He's a guy that, you know, I've never met in real life, but I consider a friend. Uh, we've talked a lot online and he's got a lot to share. So I'm looking forward to getting him on here. Now, for those of you listening on YouTube or the podcast feed, I would like you to also, hey, John Palmer, how are you? Uh, do me a favor. If you don't mind running by and checking out PBN as well, uh, just type in Prepper Broadcast Network in Google. It'll bring it up for you. There is so much content over here. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm a podcast geek and I spend a ton of time with earbuds in my ears listening to podcasts day in and day out. And uh, this week, uh, some pretty cool stuff. Ryan from the Next Gen Podcast, he went on an epic rant. I love that episode. Uh, James and Dave had a lively discussion on Preppers Live. I uh, use that term lightly for sure. And the matter of facts guys cleaned out their gun cabinet and talked about all the stuff their wife doesn't know about. So, <laughs> And one more real quick announcement. Uh, next week will be the last preparedness episode before the holidays. So I mentioned before, but I got to run run. Yeah, right. I got to fly out east uh, to, to be with my dad for a bit. He's having some surgery. So that week's gone, and then I'd already planned on taking the two weeks off between Christmas and New Year. So the next Thursday live stream after this coming Thursday will be January 6th. That seems like a long ways away. I'm going to miss you guys, but I've got a bunch of pre-recorded 20 to 25 minute episodes that are all brand new content that are going to be running on Thursdays and Sundays in my regular podcast feed. So you won't be completely without me. Uh, I will miss our interaction, but we've got, um, you know, Sunday live stream coming up this week, Thursday next week. And then I'm shooting to have the 50th episode of the workshop podcast on December 30th, going to do some sort of celebration. And thanks, John, I appreciate that. I, you know, it, it's one of those things. It is what it is. But the outlook looks really, really good. So anyway, now we got all that out of the way. Let's dive in and talk about 10 ways to keep your sewer heading in the right direction. Because when it heads in the wrong direction, you're having a bad day. Now, here's a fact for you that I bet a lot of you didn't know. <laughs> the average family of four generates 100 pounds of poop in a month. 
yeah, I didn't know that either. But I, I, I Googled it. I had to find out because I knew it was a bit. And that is a big pile of shit. So <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, every emergency book, every emergency first aid book, every bit of prepper porn I've ever listened to, they always stress the importance of proper hygiene, proper waste disposal, you know, and it's absolutely impossible if you don't have a safe way to dispose of all that waste. It's one of those things that if you don't have a plan in place ahead of time or if the wrong person's in charge of it, you can end up having a whole bunch of bad time, you know, just, just, yeah, from there, <laughs> you know, if it gets into the water system, you're having a really bad day. And <laughs> Chris Dixon says that seems light with three teenage boys. Yes. Remember, I did say the average. So that means that half the people have more than a hundred pounds a month. So anyway, and we need a safe way to deal with that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, um, Proper drainage, proper sewer systems, proper sanitation. Yes, John, thank you. Uh, it, sanitation is absolutely king. And you know, this kind of stuff might seem like a boring topic to some people. And if it does, hey, turn me off and, I don't know, go watch Netflix. I'm cool with that. No problem there at all. But to me, you know, I'm a handyman at heart and the water coming in is just as important as the water and waste going out. So that's why... Instead of doing it all in one show, I split it up into, you know, incoming and outgoing so we can deal with it. But, but first off, you know, guys, before we dig in too much, I wanted to encourage everybody. So, you know, I've talked a little bit earlier on about troubleshooting. I've talked about becoming your own handyman, handywoman, all of that stuff, which is super important. But, you know, every single system in your home, it's not nearly as complicated as you might think. Any homeowner, anybody living in a property can tackle even the biggest problems. Take your time, learn about the system, study, practice the skills you need. And then the key that I've always found is to break even the biggest jobs into bite-sized manageable pieces. How do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. When I used to go in the woods with my kids and we would hike back to my uncle's hunting camp, it was about an hour's hike in the woods. And I'd have the backpacks on my back and the kids would ask me, how do you do it, dad? And I'd always say one step at a time. And that's the way we tackle these big problems. In the moment, they might seem overwhelming, but I promise you, if you take the time and you break them down and you do a little bit at a time, it won't be that intimidating and you absolutely can kick the butt of these problems. So I just wanted to get it out there. If there's anybody listening to this and thinking, you know, I love learning what Tim's saying, but I just don't think I can ever do it. Trust me. You can. And yes, John, as you said, you can't deny it's a crappy discussion. Oh, yeah. So cue the dad jokes tonight, guys. There will be a lot of them. I have a shitty sense of humor. And uh, yeah, we're going to be dealing with them. And spe <laughs> speaking of dad jokes, here's one right now. No, I'm just kidding. That's Charlotte, my daughter. She's not a joke, but she knows she loves my jokes. So first off, I wanted to say, I wanted to talk to you guys about the types of pipe. And I say, okay, Tim, this is kind of whatever. Anyway, so Next time you're in your basement or next time you're around where your plumbing lines run in your home, the first thing we need to know is how they work, what type they are. So take a minute, walk around in your basement with your head up and look around and see what kind of plumbing pipes you have in there. Of course, you'll see your water lines, either copper or plastic or something. But what we're concerned about tonight is the drainage lines, the sewer lines, the ones that take the waste and get rid of it for you. So you're going to find four different types. You know, there's some for indoor and some for outdoor. 
And the most common you're going to see nowadays is black ABS pipe. So anything, if your home's been built or renovated in probably since the 80s, yeah, somewhere in the 80s anyway, you're going to see black ABS pipe. The two most common are inch and a half and three inch, inch and a half for sinks, three inch for toilets and main lines. John John Palmer says, oh, I would always I would always rather do electric than plumbing. I understand that. And uh, we're going to have a shocking episode next week. But that being, <laughs> sorry, guys, I, I, I need to stop. It's just awful. But no. So, yeah, uh, somewhere, I don't know. I'm not sure which one I prefer. I think I like plumbing because it's like a puzzle. And I always used to say, of course, if you give somebody bad plumbing advice, they get wet feet. If you give them bad electrical advice, well, we know it can happen. So, yeah, take a minute, walk around your basement or wherever your plumbing is, look around. And so everybody's like, well, what kind of stuff should I stock? Normally, inch and a half and three inch fittings are what you need. You know, some elbows, some couplings, maybe a T and a Y. We're not going to get into all the technicals. And now, of course, just because two inch is kind of popular too, because they normally hook in um, tubs and shower systems and things like that. So yeah, there could be any of them. But the most common one you're going to see in your basement that you're going to have to deal with if you've never dealt with it before is ABS black pipe and you need abs cement to put that together then normally again if your home was built in the last 40 years or renovated or your septic was put in at the point where it goes out of the house it's going to change over to white pipe and that's going to be pvc pipe it's a little bit thinner i'm guessing it's probably because it's not uh i mean if it leaks outdoors, you know, it's not quite as bad as if it leaks indoors. So maybe they can get away with using a little thinner pipe. There's probably some more, you know, technical ender behind that. But that is almost always four inch. And in your septic field, <laughs> Tim is a BS expert. Ain't that the truth? Yes. And just an S expert too. Um, <laughs> so the stuff that runs out into your leaching bed where the water comes up out of the ground, all that, you're going to have uh, solid pipe and then you're going to have perforated pipe where it looks like they took a perfectly good piece of pipe and drilled a whole bunch of holes in it. And that is what allows the wastewater out of your septic system to go out into the ground, leach up and disperse and become, you know, inert eventually. But so those are your two main ones, the black and the white stuff. And then, you know, if you guys are buying old homesteads or houses that are, have been around a while, there's a good chance you're going to have cast iron as well. And I hate cast iron. If you can do yourself a favor, cut it all out. We'll talk about that later on. But cast iron, like my mom and dad, their old house has cast iron pipe in it. And if you cut a piece of cast iron pipe out, what you end up seeing is on the inside, it looks like you ever seen like pictures of somebody's arteries when they've had heart trouble and stuff like that. Well, that's the type of thing it is, right? So it collects. It's really bad for collecting. Plastic's really good for not allowing stuff to stick to it. Um, and of course, cast iron tends to rust. It gets brittle. It cracks. It leaks. It corrodes. It, it, I mean, it was the best they had at the time, but do yourself a favor and replace it. Um, but if you do need to work with it, you can always cut it off and put rubber couplings on there and then go to regular pipe from there. So deal with it as you want, but that's your, your next one. You're going to see that indoors quite a bit. And then if you've got a really ancient house, there's a good chance, like the old 130-year-old uh, Victorian home that we had out east, probably might have clay pipe outdoors. And there's two types. There's kind of the round one, and then the really old stuff is an octagon like a stop sign. And those are in like two and three, two to four foot sections, and they are the most prone to collapsing, cracking, or separating. Because with pipe, you've got 10 to 12 foot lengths. But with 
clay, you've got three, two to four foot lengths, and they are just, yeah, they're not good. Uh, it's a bad situation. They're really easy to shift, you know, with if roots get into it, there's just so much. So anyway, when we look at a sewer problem, and again, I don't want this stuff to seem absolutely overwhelming to you, but first off, I was actually, it's kind of cool. I was talking to a guy the other night and uh, he was picking up his kids from the daycare where my, my wife's business is. And he was telling me about a sewer problem and I helped him troubleshoot it. And, you know, what you do first is you look at the sewer problem overall. And this, this works for absolutely everything. So you say, okay, what is the problem? Where isn't the water going to? Is the entire house backed up or is it just one fixture or one room? So is it just the bathroom that's not draining or is it just the toilet or is it the whole damn house? So then if you know that first, that can eliminate a whole bunch of problems. So say for instance, some, you know, say your significant other calls you at work and says, honey, none of the water will go down. And you think, oh my God, this is bad. You come home and you start troubleshooting. And what you realize is actually it's just the shower drain that won't go down. So you realize, okay, I don't have an expensive problem with a septic. I don't have the entire bathroom plugged off. So what we know is that the clog has to be in the section below the tub before it goes into any other pipes. So that eliminates 95% of the problems you can end up having in your basement. So like I said, first things first, take your time and figure out what zone in the house is giving you the problems. Is it just a fixture? Is it a whole room or is it the whole house? And if it's the whole house, of course, we have a bigger problem than if it's just something small. I'm going to save you a ton of time. So from there, let's go in to the top 10 most common sewer problems, drainage problems that you can have in a house, what we can keep on hand, what we can, uh, the skills we can learn. And yeah, we'll just tackle them one at a time and we'll see where we go. So the first one we're going to talk about is a, a broken or failed toilet seal. And if you've never seen one of those before, they're absolutely disgusting. When you take an old toilet up off the floor, when you remove it, you have a wax seal on the bottom and it it's gross. It, it looks like, I mean, it just, it looks nasty when you see it, but it's just wax and they're made to fit into place. And over time, sometimes they wear out. So what you can start by doing to see if this is the problem course, you're going to get kind of a pee smell or a water smell around the bottom of the toilet. Wipe it all up, then flush the toilet a couple of times. And it's kind of gross too, but you get down on the ground with a flashlight or something and you look right around the edge of the toilet and you see, okay, is there water coming out around the base of the toilet? And if that is, well, then you know, okay, I've got a bad seal. And you might say, well, I've never done this before, but it's, it's, it's really easy. <laughs> if you can use a wrench, you can take a toilet up. The only thing holding a toilet down is two quarter inch bolts with nuts on them. You back, you know, take those two plastic caps off, back the two nuts out, and then you can literally pull the toilet up off the ground. Uh, take your time, try to bail out as much water as you can, then put a towel down inside the toilet. Don't forget it's there. <laughs> sop up all yes make sure and mop the floor first yes <laughs> but yeah so sop up as much of that water sometimes i have a, a suction pump that i use that'll clean it all out but just get as much of the water out as you can because if you don't when you pull that toilet out you're going to end up getting more water all over the floor once you do it then you flip the toilet on you know on the edge probably the old wax seal came with it 
take a putty knife, scrape it all off the best you can. So what are we going to keep on hand if this ever happens? And this is probably the least worrisome issue that you can have. But what can end up happening is you can end up having, you know, a rotten floor if you let it go or just a real unsanitary situation. So you want to keep a wax seal on hand. I really like what they call the Max Wax Seals. They're thick. They're about two inches thick and they have a plastic sleeve inside. So you know what that does. It helps push all the junk down in the hole. But keep one of the thicker ones because what's cool about wax is if it's too thin, it's not going to reach. But if it's too thick, all you do is get on the toilet, do the little shimmy shake. And once you, you let your weight do its thing and then tighten the bolt down one at a time, it sucks that wax all into place. And the thicker it is, the tighter the seal you're going to end up getting. So wax seals are cheap. Brass bolts are cheap. The only two items you need to keep on hand to ever, if you ever have this issue is a wax seal and some bolts and that's it. And yeah, I would keep two or three wax seals because uh, what happens is they're obviously not reusable. So if you end up putting it down and it's still leaking or something, you're gonna have to haul it back up and throw, uh, throw out the brand new seal you just put on there and replace it with yet another one. But that is what it is as far as that goes. Uh, oh, and in a pinch, if you only have the small seals, you can always stack two of them together because it's just wax. And when you put the pressure on it, it's going to create its own seal there. But, you know, when I first started doing plumbing and handyman work, simply because we were so broke, we couldn't hire anybody to do it. It seemed intimidating especially this one for some reason. I don't know why, but it really isn't that bad. And I, I trust me, I believe in you, this kind of thing, you guys can do it. So yeah, number two, plug toilet. Now, <laughs> everybody repeat after me, flushable wipes are not flushable, even though the company recommends or, you know, even advertises them as flushable. I can promise you from personal experience and from talking to a ton of plumbers, Flushable wipes are not flushable. They'll, if you read the fine print on the packages, it says only to flush one at a time and they're biodegradable or they'll break down in the absolute perfect conditions that you can find. That's it. And yeah, all they end up doing is getting in there. They take forever to break down. They'll clog up your sewer line, clog up your toilet, clog up your septic tank. So unless you want to, you know, have an expensive situation or a stressful one, don't ever use them. But First thing you need to have on hand for this kind of stuff is a good quality plunger. And I just like the old fashioned ones, but I like the ones that have the cup that come down. It helps give a little bit extra pressure and do yourself a favor and find if you, if you guys, whoever, anybody listen to this, that's never used or, okay, this is going to sound stupid, but there is a specific way to use a plunger. And a lot of people think you're supposed to pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. But what you need to do is push it into place and then just tiny motions back and forth so you never break the suction. So you're building more and more pressure there. That's the big one. Um, so yeah, have a good plunger. Have a couple of good plungers on hand. If you guys have never seen one, invest. If you're looking for some gear you really want to have on hand, get yourself a toilet auger. And they look like, um, I don't even know what to call them. They, they, they got an auger handle on them and they've got about, I don't know, some have 10, some have 25 feet on them and you feed them down in through the toilet. And quite often, if it's just kind of a nasty human clog, <laughs> then the toilet auger will break up the junk and really fix it up for you. Now, I'm a huge fan of 
mechanically removing blockages. So no matter what your plumbing situation is, if you can, you're better off to take things apart and access the place where the clog might be. So it depends on, you know, say, say your kids decided they're going to flush three face cloths down and, and it got down just into the little trap into the toilet. Well, unfortunately, the easiest way to deal with that is to, again, haul your toilet up and clean it all out. <laughs> hey, Dave, thank you, sir. Always appreciate it. He said, thanks for the great advice as always. Appreciate it. And I love your, uh, your icon there too. That's really cool. But yeah, so, you know, I, I, there is a, we'll, we'll talk about a toilet bowl drain cleaner later on. There is a chemical that I recommend, but honestly, all the different troubles I've had over the years, the best way to tackle something is mechanically take it apart and reach in with gloves on or whatever it is and remove the clog because you just never know what's in there. And the worst thing is if you go ahead and put drain cleaner, Drano, whatever it happens to be in there, and then you have to take it apart. Now you don't have just a clog. You also have caustic chemicals that can get on you. So why not do the, uh, the safest, you know, the safest venture first. So like I said, and I already mentioned it, but keep some wax seals and some extra uh, brass bolts on hand. And if you're feeling really adventurous <laughs> and there's kind of a nasty clog in there, and this is kind of gross, but I have done it before, a shop vac. You can actually use a shop vac, get it down in that sewer line and suck that shit right out of there. And it can work. You know, it might stink. You might need to take some time and clean out your, uh, you know, you might want to disinfect the old shop vac when you're done, but it will work. <laughs> and repeat after me, flushable wipes are not flushable. Remember that. Remember how I always say preparedness is prevention? Well, prevention is not flushing flushable wipes, so don't do it. <laughs> okay, next one. And a lot of these are similar, but each uh, each emergency takes a, a bit of a different approach to fix. Uh, plug sink is the next one. So this is where, again, I'm talking about mechanical disassembly. Almost every time you have a clog in your sink, well, there's two places it's going to be immediately in the drain, and it's probably going to be hair or soap buildup or something. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. See, she, she listened. She, she repeated after me, flushable wipes are not flushable. I'll have to get a shirt made of that. But uh, so if it's a kitchen sink or bathroom sink, open up the doors, go down underneath, and you're going to see like a bend in the pipe, and that's called your trap. It's called a pea trap, not because it traps pea, but because it's in the shape of a pea, and it traps sewer gas on one side and water on the other makes a uh, you know a flushable through that will let things go down and quite often you're going to see uh, well there's going to be a clean out so you can take that off make sure you got like a one gallon ice cream tub in there it's going to catch all the water coming out and then have two um there's going to be two slip nuts on either side and you can loosen them off sometimes you'll need like a, a pipe wrench sometimes you can just do it by hand take it apart everything dumps into the bucket and quite often you can access the clog right there. That's almost always where it is. So like I said, <laughs> again, it's one of those things, could you call a plumber? Sure. But the whole idea behind repairedness is, well, number one, you know, what prepper doesn't want to be able to fix things themselves. But number two, we want to be equipped and empowered to do this stuff in case hmm, the literal shit hits the fan or the figurative shit hits the fan. And we have to be able to fix it when there isn't help around the corner. <laughs> Dave Clark says, irony, slow plug sink was the last situation we had to deal with. Absolutely. Because it's common, you know? So now here's the other thing. Okay. If you have a regular rubber plug up on top, 
everything's going to be fairly accessible. But what I run into a lot of troubles with, and you guys might as well, is you know those fancy, you know the the sets of taps. You have the little pull knob on the back, and it has a mechanical, what I call a mechanical metal plug in there. Well, those are the ones that are like they're a literal hair magnet and trap. And what ends up happening is it restricts your drain so much that soap scum and hair get in there. They make a nasty, smelly mess, but it, it gets so ingrained that even some of the most caustic cleaners I've used just won't eat up that hair, at least not in a quick enough time to, to solve your situation. So from there, honestly, once again, and each one's a little bit different, but quite often you can... Um, take like a, a round nut or it's like a ball or whatever you can unscrew and and disassemble that assembly it's not easy but learn ahead of time so if you do have a set like that just do a quick youtube or google search one day and say okay now i can solve this because now i know how to take it apart and honestly a lot of this uh, this episode i haven't uh, i didn't have a lot in the notes about preventative maintenance but taking these apart and cleaning them out on a regular basis is a good idea. It's going to save you from ever having any trouble. And again, prevention and preparedness, they go hand in hand. But yeah, just learn how to take those suckers apart. And that's it. You know, if you can... So, so far, we, we, we've we done, what, two jobs that literally require a wrench or a pipe wrench. And that is it. Ah, so Dave Clark has been sneaking a peek at my notes tonight. And uh, he mentioned... The, we did the boiling water, uh, then baking soda, then vinegar, then plunger. Boom. Good thing. Next step was disassembly. Yeah. So I got some, uh, you know, off-grid, all-natural, do-it-yourself kind of um, solutions at the end here. And that is a good one. That is one that we used uh, back when we used to live in the country and had, uh, well, you know, it, it was a 20-minute to a half-hour drive to town. We didn't have a lot of money anyway. Oh, no. Hey, Dave. <laughs> I always love it when people guess what I'm going to talk about. It makes my day. I, yeah, means we're all on the same page here. So, yeah, we'll, I'll definitely chat about that stuff for sure. So then, okay, so we've done the plug, plugged and clogged toilet, the plugged and clogged sink. And, of course, now we got plugged and clogged shower or tub drains. And those can be the worst. So story time. Recently, my son, he lives in a rental that I take care of for another couple. And he said, Dad, my shower is getting slower and slower and slower. And I said, okay, well, let, you know, how bad is it? And he's like, well, it basically fills up to the overflow and then just sits there for like three hours. I'm like, well, you really should have told me this beforehand, but it's okay, bud. <laughs> so I went over and, of course, uh, we first tried the drain cleaner because you know, we checked and the kitchen sink runs into that same drain, but the kitchen sink was running perfect. So what we knew was that the clog was in that one foot section of pipe that run from the bottom of the tub down into the main drain line. So that was a good thing. The lady who lived in there before was a long haired lady. And so it, yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> when you're dealing with shub and shub tub and shower drains, it's almost always a hair clog. And one thing to prevent that is you can get um, a, what do you want to call it? Um, it's like a wire mesh basket that you can leave in there. And yeah, it's definitely something, then you can just pull it out. But, uh, oh, PBN said, looking good, Toolman Tip. Thank you. And uh, hang on. Well, I'll get to yours in a second there, Victor. So yeah, anyway, uh, tweezers can work. An old coat hanger can work, but 
it's almost always the way tubs are installed. They're really hard to access the trap underneath. So you almost have to attack the clog from the top. So what my son and I did was we used an old hanger and we used um, tweezers and we basically worked that clog out. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it was a half pound of nasty, stinky, scum-filled old hair. <laughs> not fun. But yeah, anyway, just just nasty. And uh, uh, Victor just, he has got an off-topic question, but should I buy a six and a half inch DeWalt 20 volt cordless from Home Depot for 139 with a four amp hour battery? Yes, <laughs> I have that saw. And quite often right around that price with the four amp hour battery included, that's a killer deal. I, I like the six and a half. I'm probably going to go to a seven and a half eventually, but yeah, go for it, man. And um, yeah. So beyond um, when, you, when you're dealing with a, yeah. So John says, yeah. So this is a whole nother story, right? He has a slab, no way to get underneath. So again, you got to deal with things from the top and that creates a whole nother hmm, kettle of fish, bottle of, ball of wax, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, so you have to attack them from the top. And like I said, most times tub clogs, they're going to smell like hell. They stink because it's that hair and soap, com you know, combined. <laughs> Never fun. <laughs> Thanks, Victor. Always appreciate that, sir. Uh, so this is where we talk about drain cleaners because Tubs tend to be the best one to use a drain cleaner in. Um, and liquid plumber and Drano are complete junk. Uh, I hope I don't get, um, you know, sued for slander, but they, they are. They don't work. They're, they've been watered down and cut back over the years that just, they're junk. So what I've used and had great luck with, and it's going to sound scary when I tell you, <laughs> but it's like 94% sulfuric acid. Now, uh, you're normally going to find that in all the big box and plumbing stores, and it's going to come in a quart bottle and the bottle's going to be see-through, the stuff's going to be pink, and then the bottle itself is going to be sealed in a bag. So you know they're serious when they package it in two things. It's, uh, like I said, it's red and it's heavier than water, so you can actually dump it in standing water. Uh, don't dump it in a drain and then add water because it can spit back at you, but now, when you use this stuff, it's going to work. You're going to hear it. It was working at my son's place, but it was just taking too long. So we decided to clean it out mechanically. But it will work. This stuff is safe on all types of plumbing, at least all kind of modern types of plumbing. But one thing I will say is if you put it down a bathroom sink, the chrome ring that's around the drain quite often can get discolored. So try not to use it in a bathroom sink or... Uh, yeah, just, just try not to, but the stuff is, is awesome. It fumes, it heats up, but it doesn't heat up enough to crack any, uh, any plumbing or pipe and that kind of stuff. But this has been my go-to. It is the only one that I'll recommend. And it's the one that has worked in a few instances for me. I still say best bet is to always take the pipe apart and, you know, clean it out. And it is either one of these is something you can do, but if you're not comfortable doing that and you want to give it a shot, Get yourself some of that uh, pink. Uh, it's going to come under a whole bunch of different brands uh, up here in Canada. Uh, Home Hardware sells their own generic brand of it, and I've used it for years. I've actually got two full cases out in my shop right now, and I just use it because whenever a tenant calls, they always say, 
uh, it's always Saturday night at six o'clock just after the hardware store closed. So always keep this stuff on hand, guys. It's cheap insurance. Um, and, you know, it can save you from an insurance claim or a lot of damage too. Now there's other types. There is another one called liquid gold and it's in the same type of bottle. Sometimes it's in a bag and it's yellow, but you need to be really careful with it because it heats up a lot. And if you read it, it's going to tell you, do not put it down a toilet. Um, I worked at the hardware store and we had a contractor. His name was Bernie. I don't know where the nickname came from, but he came in one day and he said, I need the strongest toilet bowl or a uh, drain cleaner you have. So we sent him with that liquid gold, but we said, don't pour it down the toilet. He's like, well, I got to try it. <laughs> so he comes back a half hour later. He's like, I now also need a new toilet because it heated up, it split. So the liquid gold stuff, uh, I haven't used it a lot, but the sulfuric acid, you can pour straight down a toilet straight. It, it's good for any household uh, piping and drain pipe. So you're good. Uh, so now the next one maybe isn't as a big emergency, but this is one I deal with a fair bit. It's one we've dealt with in our home here on occasion. And it's when your washing machine won't drain. And uh, the uh, I want to, some of the small, uh, so yeah, John wants to know if I, I'm, I'm wondering, are you talking about uh, the liquid gold or the uh, the sulfuric acid, because I know the, the sulfuric acid will get rid of some of those hair roots, but some of the bigger ones, not so much. There is another product. I don't, I don't think I mentioned it tonight, but it's one that I need to start stocking. It's called liquid fire. I, you can get it on Amazon and Home Depot, at least in the States. And if you have a frozen drain line, you can actually pour it down there and it will gradually heat up and work its way. Oh, the acid. Yes. Yeah, it will you know, slow and steady. It's not going to get rid of like the, we had like a four inch root ball in a drain line at a rental I take care of uh, the next uh, town over. It wouldn't have taken care of that, but yes, it will take care of some of them and it'll kill them too. So that's a bonus. <laughs> um, so when you're dealing with a washing machine uh, that won't drain, it's almost always going to be uh, lint, soap, and debris because, you know, washing machines, typically have an inline filter and this is something you're going to find out maybe i i didn't know this but um there are so we my wife and i bought about two years ago a new set of front load washer and dryer great set but after about six months the washer just would take like and i'm not exaggerating it would take like four hours to run a load and it turned out that it was having a hard time draining and down in the bottom there's a clean out that you open up and it's like a mesh filter. It catches all the junk that would have went down your drain. So that that's a huge prevention into things. But if you don't know about it, I pulled it out and there was like, there was a quarter in there. There was a key in there. <laughs> and then it was just full of hair and lint and a whole bunch of stuff. So all the water drains through there. So you got to check that kind of stuff. And that junk, like washing machines really bad for getting stuff to go down in your drain. Uh, but if you ever look at the back of a washing machine, there's nothing permanent going into the wall. It's normally just like a, like a flexible candy cane line that just fits down into the, the wall mount pipe. So if you're not sure if it's in your washing machine that's plugged or it's the line itself that's plugged, haul that candy cane thing out, get yourself, I don't know, about a quart or two of water, and then just dump it down that empty pipe. And if it backs up and comes out over the ground, you know, okay, well, that line's clogged. But if it doesn't, you know the clog is in the washing machine. And if it's in the washing machine, there's only a couple of spots it can be. And so take your time. Now, some of them are more technical, some of the newer ones, but you know, take your time, 
Find out if you do have one of those like drain um, filters in your washer, take it apart. And then if you don't, then look at the place where the water comes out. And it could be as simple as in that flexible pipe, that could be clogged as well. So dump some water down it, um, run, say, an old coat hanger into it, whatever it happens to be. But usually washing machine clogs are pretty simple. Now, here's the thing. And that goes from, that was number five, and we're going to go into number six, and that's a backed up or plugged basement floor drain. Now, the reason these go hand in hand quite often, because of course, a lot of people have their laundry in the basement, and a lot of times it drains right into the main line, which is connected to your floor drains. And so what ends up happening, of course, is some of that junk goes down the drain of the washing machine, but then it clogs up in the main drain of the floor. See how many times I can say drain in five minutes. So, <laughs> so you know, I don't want this to get too dry or too technical, but like these kind of things suck. My, my kids called me one day when they were living uh, three hours away and they said, dad, my washing machine won't drain. And I said, well, what's the problem? Well, it's, it's coming out, but what it's doing is it's backing up into the floor drain. And so what happens, of course, is all that junk ends up collecting and it collects down in the floor drain. So you, there's a couple of options. Quite often those grills are removable either with uh, screws or they're just fit it into place. You can open that up and you can try to scoop out the junk that's in there. Or you can take boiling hot water and dump it down the drain. If you got standing water on there, the best thing, honestly, is to just use a plunger. Because normally, it the, the floor drain is kind of an opening. And stuff builds up and, you know, kind of hangs down a little bit sometimes in there. And it kind of acts like hairs and fingers and it collects as it goes along that main drain line. And so, a lot of times, the shit that comes out of the washing machine ends up collecting right there. And quite often... Hot water and a plunger is all it takes to free that up. So I talked them through uh, over the phone and I, they were really impressed with themselves. They were able to fix it without needing to get their landlord in or to, you know, hire a, a plumber on the weekend. So that is the type of thing. Just take a minute, look at it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Dave, you win the prize. I don't have one tonight. Dave says a dry discussion about drains is usually good. But um, bump, yeah, that is absolutely the truth, my friend, and uh, very good point. That's a an astute observation and a hilarious dad joke all at the same time. So I appreciate it. Um, now, the toilet auger that I talked about before, you can get them for like twenty bucks at uh, big box stores. You can also use that in a floor drain. They just don't go that far. So if you want to, you can always invest in a longer snake. Um, you know, a fifty footer is probably all you're going to need. Another quick tip, if you know the length of your main line in your basement, you know, the three, or sorry, the diameter, if it runs a long ways and your snake isn't long enough, you can always cut your pipe in half. Now, it might sound really, really scary, but take a minute, zip your pipe in half, put your snake in there, keep going until you find the clog, and then it's as simple as just putting a coupling up there. And if you keep couplings on hand, you just fit it back into place, glue it on, and you're done. Bob's your uncle. That might seem scary at first, but it's, you know, sometimes it's making the best of a bad situation. But yeah, a, a plumbing snake, a toilet auger, those are both really, really good tools to have. You know, and there's not a ton of specialty plumbing stuff you might need. I'm going to do a, a second episode down the road on a, a more full preparedness toolbox. Uh, a lot of the specialty tools that I mentioned We'll go over a lot of them. There's some really cool stuff out there that you might not know about. But yeah, like it, when you're doing drain stuff, 
a pipe wrench or when I was a kid, we called it a monkey wrench. I think we can still call it a monkey wrench. Anyway, those are good to have a toilet auger um, and a snake, a toilet snake or a, sorry, a drain line snake. Those are the ones. Now, now we're getting into the real nasty stuff. Um, <laughs> this is the, you know, making the best of a shitty situation, but a sewer backup in the basement. That's number seven of our top 10 worst sewer issues. So soon after our girls were born, our twins, they were just little. And, you know, I, I know I've told this story before, but we really, really didn't have any money at the time. And that's why we had to learn so much of this. We came, I came home from work and I flushed the toilet and it didn't go down. So then I flushed again and it started coming up into the floor. And then I went to the basement and I noticed that it was coming down through. And what had happened was, so this is kind of a, a twofer. Um, you know, sometimes you can just have a lot of water in the ground and it backs up into your septic system and then it backs up into your, into your basement. This is what happened in Macklin, that same one I was telling you about with the root ball. Everything just started backing up. Uh, so the drain line was clogged in this instance and everything just kept backing up into the basement. Now you're really supposed to get, you know, if you call your insurance company, they're going to want to bring in a remediation company and it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. But if you have, if you, if you don't have a super weak stomach, you can do this kind of thing, you know, wear PPE, you know, protect your eyes, protect your mouth, protect your hands, use scrub brushes, use bleach, and you can, you can clean this up. I've done it before. I did it at the house in uh, Macklin. It needed to be done and I did it. Um, you know, if you really have a problem, get yourself, uh, you know, a 3M respirator so you don't have to smell that shit. But yeah, have proper PPE, have a scrub brush. And so here's the issue. If it backs up into your house, there's a problem there. It may be a clog down the line. And again, if you can get out to it, you're long you know, half inch, three quarter inch tape snake that you're going to use. Uh, or if you spent any time, yes, in politics. <laughs> um, yeah. So run a snake down there, try to clear it out. And if you get, you're going to know right away if you do, because when you break that clog in your line, the water's just going to go whoosh and it's going to go down. Now, if it's been raining a lot and everything's backed up, that's another story. You're going to need a sump pump. You're going to need a way to get the water away from your septic system. And if the whole ground is saturated, you know, you might just have to wait a bit and then get rid of it. Um, but yeah, uh, when you're dealing with that, something I haven't mentioned yet is most main sewer lines are going to have a clean out, whether it's cast iron or it's uh, the black ABS that I talked about, or even if you can find it in the right place, the white PVC that on the exterior. And what it's going to look like is, you know, it's going to be a T or a Y in the pipe. And there's going to be um, a cap that has a square peg on it. And you can loosen that off. Uh, just be prepared <laughs> when you open it up. If there's pressure in there, whatever's in there could come flying out at you. But that's a really good spot to access to run your snake through. So if you're not catching the drift yet, having a snake and maybe a toilet auger on hand are great ideas. Just be prepared. Um, shop vac can work in this instance too. I've done that. We have a, a rental across town that ended up needing to have the lines completely cleaned out. But before that, we tested out the shop vac theory and it worked pretty good. Uh, I didn't have a long enough hose, but uh, if you guys have ever seen those installation kits for what do you, um, sump pumps, they're usually 10 or 20 foot long flexible hoses. You can get an adapter to hook that up to a shop vac and then you can run that full 20 foot length of hose or more right down your septic line and hopefully find wherever the clog is and suck it right out of there.
So yeah, and then number eight is a full septic tank. And this is one of the worst case scenarios, I guess, for us as preppers or somebody living off the grid or somebody just having, you know, just a bad day period. But like I was saying, when our kids were really new, uh, just less than a year old, I came home and it was backing up into the basement. And our problem was we had a full septic system and we had a really shitty septic system for sure. Um, oh boy. <laughs> we got a lot of jokes tonight. Dave says, is that a potential SHTP shit hits the prepper situation? Absolutely. Uh, but if you're a prepper and you're prepared, hopefully you're wearing a face shield or goggles or a snorkel, maybe Oh, we'll leave that alone anyway. <laughs> so if you guys, uh, yeah, John has, and I have, I've, uh, yeah. So when we were talking about, um, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. My wife will uh, love this one too, but talking about a, a clogged septic line in a septic tank, when we moved into that house down Digby Neck, the great big old house, it had the clay two foot lengths of pipe. And we thought it was, you know, just clogged, right? So we were hoping. So I rented a snake and I was down in the uh, septic holding tank across the street and it was bone dry. So that was a really, really bad situation. So here's a really good reason to wear proper PPE. I was down in there and I could see in there and I could see where one of the pipes shifted. And I was going really, really hard with that snake. And I was pushing and pushing and going fast. And all of a sudden I went in and my thumb caught on the top of that sharp edge of the pipe. And I looked down and my two thirds of my thumbnail is sticking straight up at a 90 degree angle. And if that don't give you the shivers, I don't know what would. <laughs> so I'm like standing there going all crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And uh, my buddy Jimmy was helping me. He's like, you got to push it back down, push it back down. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And so I pushed it back down. And then I went to, <laughs> I went to outpatients and told them, I'm like, this is what happened. And I'm like, uh, what do you do? And they're like, well, we'll soak it in iodine. And I'm like, well, shouldn't I get a tetanus shot? Cause I literally just had shit water underneath my thumbnail. And they're like, well, I don't think so, but they did because I talked them into it and I really wanted it. But that was one of the, uh, I think my wife was standing there and she said, I turned white and pale and I'm, I'm. That kind of stuff usually doesn't bother me, but when you look down and your thumbnail is facing 90 degrees straight up in the air, about half it, yeah. So wear proper PPE. That's I've had so many bad situations with my left hand because that's the one that holds things, and I rarely ever wear gloves. So I paid for that that day. So anyway, that <laughs> I thought you guys would enjoy that as a bad story. But um, so as far as a septic system, first thing you need to know when you buy a place. <laughs> What I would do when you have an inspection done is ask them, is this a clay line, uh, clay pipe? And if it is, if you're buying a new place, seriously, put it in the sale contract and say, you need to replace that before I'm going to buy this place. Because I mean, that is a hazard waiting to happen. And if they won't do it, well, you know, if it's worth it to you, grab it anyway. But so you need to know where your septic tank is. And if you like what, what happened with us was we bought a house that had been uh, in auction. So nobody knew where the septic was. We had to basically explore and discover. So know where your septic is, uh, know where your septic lines run out into your backyard, your le leaching field, whatever it happens to be. But the most important part is know where the clean out is for your septic. So in an emergency, most are buried, some aren't, but you need to know where you're going to need to dig in order to open up the top of your septic. Because if it's full, 
and you got to get a vac truck in there to clean it out, they're going to charge you more if they have to dig it themselves. So the least you can do is dig it up. And that's where the origin of Tim Proof Tools came from, because I was digging up the top of our septic system one day, and I looked at my wife and I said, honey, this is the nicest shovel you've ever bought me. And as soon as I said that, I broke the wood handle straight in half. And Becky said, I guess it's not Tim Proof. So from that day forward, I had to buy uh, fiberglass handle tools. But <laughs> so know where the top of your septic tank is. You know, um, it's one of them situations that unless this is like the end of the world as we know it, you're almost better off to call in, you know, a pump truck to get it pumped out. Back 10 years ago, it was like a hundred bucks in my area. I'm sure it's probably a couple hundred now. You know, your best bet is to set some cash aside just in case. Um, I will say John said his house was built in 1980 and never been pumped. And you know what? The homemade septic system that we made down where I nearly tore my thumb off, same thing. We, we were there for three years with seven people filling that up and it never needed to be pumped because it was built properly. But this one that we had at the first house we owned was miserable. So we ended up having to hire somebody to come in. However, this is, you know, worst case scenario, uh, sump pump uh, or an emaciating sump pump or something that will uh, have a filter over it. If you absolutely have to, you can pump them out yourself. Um, Yes, Fiskars makes all steel shovels. I actually have one from Canadian Tire up here that is, I think, a Fiskars brand, and I love it. It weighs about two or three pounds more than an average shovel, but these old biceps don't mind it too much. It's a good workout, but I love them. You can't kill the thing. And my son thinks it's a little bit heavy, but I use it all the time. And uh, so, yeah, if you absolutely have to, you can use a sump pump to suck most of the water out of a septic system. What you do with it from there, I don't want to offer advice per se, but you need to know where you can safely, you know, pump it. If you know where your leach field is, I mean, I guess you could pump it up onto the ground above there and let it soak down in. I'm not, you know, condoning that sort of thing, but in a, you know, worst case, I don't know, whatever you want to call it situation, you got to do what you got to do. You know, this is the one thing where I would say it pays to hire somebody because you, what are you going to do with, you know, a thousand gallons of septic waste, right? But, you know, if you have to deal with it, you have to deal with it. Also, if you can afford it and you have one of those awful septic systems that have a pump in it, keep an extra pump on hand. They're worth having for sure. Uh, yes. So like John said, a properly working septic shouldn't ever have to be pumped. And you are correct on that. Uh, if it was sized properly, built properly, it absolutely should. But the problem we end up uh, <laughs> telling him to man up. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, yeah, so the biggest, yeah, uh, there, okay, Dave, this is actually, you know, we might as well, so he said to, to paraphrase Doc Bones when there is no septic company, right? So Doc Bones and Nurse Amy, they have the survival medicine handbook, and the whole idea behind that is, you know, to take care of your medical needs when emergency help isn't there in the worst case grid down scenario. And some of what I want to teach is exactly the same thing. You know, first aid for your home when you can't call up and get somebody there. And, you know, we will deal with some of this further down the road, you know, because I don't want to give people bad advice. So I just want to disclaim it with the fact that if you got to empty a septic, call up, you know, a shit truck first if you can. But if that isn't an option anymore, you've got to deal with it. So, yeah, figure it out from there. But, yes, this is this is exactly that. Man, that makes me happy you said that, Dave. 
So yeah, anyway, keep an extra pump on hand if you have one of them that needs to pump up to another um, holding tank, because if your pump dies, you're going to have a bad day. So then, you know, we're dealing with the septic systems and probably the most common outdoor septic uh, disaster, personal disaster, of course, I, I hate the word disaster and, you know, but personal disaster is going to be either a cracked or broken septic line. So like I said, we had that. And of course, you really want this sort of thing to happen. You know, the nine months of the year, the you know six months of the year, the ground's not frozen up here because when it's frozen, it it's worse. It takes longer. It's more expensive. You can break things, you know, but a few things to look for. Um, in some cases, if you have a cracked or displaced sewer line and you walk over where your line goes out from the house, there's a good chance the ground's going to be wet or spongy, soggy, that kind of stuff. So what do you do? Um, well, there's three causes. So you need to figure out probably what the cause is first. The most common is tree roots. Now, I can't remember who told me this, but years ago, an old timer said, you know, don't plant a tree for where it is now, plant a tree for where it's going to be in 20 or 30 years. And that is such sage advice because, you know, when you first plant a tree, you could plant it 20 feet from your house and away from the power lines and away from what you think is a septic line. But remember, however big that crown is up there, the roots are going to be just as big below ground. And you're going to have problems if you plant a tree anywhere near your septic line. Now, you may live in a place where you, you have no option. That is what it is. So if it's tree roots, okay, well then, how do we deal with it? <laughs> uh, if it's a separated line, how do we deal with that? So first off, the, the poor man's way of doing this would be to take a snake from your basement. Hopefully it's long enough. Run it out until you hit the clog, until you can't go any further. And then you want to mark your snake. So now you know roughly how far out it is. Measure it and then walk that distance because sometimes you're just not going to get the water coming out. It's just a full-on clog and everything's backing up into your basement. So if you know how far out it is, go out there and start digging. Uh, and again, this is worst case scenario. I mean, you know, if this was a rental I was taking care of right now, the first thing I would do is call my buddy in Macklin or call my buddy here in town and I'd be like, hey, I need you to come and dig this up with your machinery. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we have to do this by hand or we have to do it ourselves. And that sucks because quite often they can be six feet down or whatever. So if you find a, spo a spongy spot or you know roughly where it is, start digging. Dig down. And when you get down, here's what you're going to find. One side's going to be wetter than the other. And the side that's wetter is the side toward the crack. So start digging that way. Um, until you find the crack. And most times it's only going to be one small section. So if it's a place where roots are in, you're going to have to break that out of the pipe. You're going to have to clean out the roots that are there, cut them out, hack them out, use a cordless sawzall, whatever you got to do, but you got to make it right. And then you can have yourself, what I like are those, um, the, they call them an MJ coupling, the rubber with metal on the outside and hose clamps on them. And then you can repair your pipe that way. Uh, all of this might seem intimidating to somebody who hasn't done it before, but trust me, you can do it. And when you get desperation on your side and you've got nobody else that you can call for help, you're going to be able to figure it out. But if you haven't taken the time to stock some of this on hand ahead of time, then yeah, absolutely. So John, 
he says, just a little background. My family has been in construction forever, and my dad has put in thousands of septic systems, uh, 78 and still doing it. That is cool. I'm going to have to pick your brain sometime because, well, I'm glad to have an expert on here too, because, you know, everything I've learned has just been, I always learn it from the bad situations, having to go in and fix things, right? But yeah. Um, and like I said, don't plant trees near it. Um, how does a septic system work? Well, most people probably know, but they're usually a big holding tank. And, you know, if you live in town, you're not going to have nearly the septic system problems because you're not going to have a septic system, but you have a big holding tank there that all your shit and debris and everything pumps into. And a lot of them have a divider down the middle and it kind of allows the solids to either sink to the bottom or float to the top, whatever. And it allows them to separate so that the solid stuff stays in here. The liquid stuff goes out and <laughs> expert John says with laughy faces. Um, so then from your holding tank, you're going to have a line that runs out and that's probably going to be all straight pipe with no holes in it. And then from there, they're going to branch off like tree branches, right? And quite often, every second one is going to be uh, perforated with all the holes in it. And hopefully it's in kind of sandy soil or at least soil that drains a bit. And as your septic system breaks down the solids, turns them to liquids, they're going to go out into the ground and they're going to leach out. And they're going to, you know, as it filters through the ground, it's going to make it safe and sanitary and safe for you. So that's your system. That's all there is there. There's nothing magical to it. There's going to be an access hatch on the top that you can dig down and, and inspect it or pump it out if you need to. But yeah, if you have a problem with it, just troubleshoot, figure out where the problem is and then fix it. That's it. Now, the one that most people don't think about, and this is number 10, and this is your sewer line on your roof. You might say sewer line on your roof. What the hell are you talking about? And you know, you would be right. It's not really a sewer line, but it's what's called your vent line. Or as my dad always called it when I was a kid, the stink pipe, because you know, if you're up on the roof and you get too close to it, you're going to smell sewer gas, right? Now, something I didn't know uh, for a lot of years was that, you know, you have to, in order to have a properly functioning sewer system or, you know, flushing system, the whole works, you need to have air that can be sucked in to help create the suction and for the water to flush down. And that is what those vent pipes do. Well, they do two things on your roof. Number one, they allow the sewer gas to vent up so it doesn't create an explosion and, you know, blow up like uh, the uncle in um, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it vents the gas. But the other thing is, it allows fresh air to come in behind the lines because if you didn't have that, there'd be no way for the pressure to what balance out or anyway, there'd, there'd be no suction created. So one thing that a lot of people end up running into, uh, well, a couple things, but up here in the winter, of course, um, they can, you know, that condensation that comes out when it hits the, the air, it can freeze and eventually it can clog that off. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my God, I got a, a clogged up septic system. But what it really is, is everything's flushing really slow or not flushing at all because your vent line has froze off or an awful, you know, a bird or a squirrel, or I don't know, a small raccoon climbed up there, slid down in and got lodged. Right. So then you're going to have to clean that out. Now there's another issue too. Those vent lines, you know, they, they shouldn't you know, a lot of, you know, some of the old ones again, were cast iron and my son's apartment before he lived there, I had to fix one. And we had sewer gas coming back into the apartment because that old cast iron had cracked. 
and you're getting gas in there. And this can be a hard one to find. You got to use your sniffer and it stinks. So try to find it and then you're going to need to cut out the crack and you're going to need to replace it with whatever it is that you happen to have. Or, you know, in, in a really bad situation, if you've got cast iron and say you've got a crack in it, you can take an old tire tube or an old uh, bird's nest, John says as well. Yes, an old tire tube, an old piece of tire, an old piece of rubber, and you can wrap it around tight and then take hose clamps. If you guys know what those are, those are those metal clamps that you can tighten down. And if it's not big enough, you can always take them apart and piece them together, two or three or four, to make a circle. And you can actually seal that off. That's a poor man's patch. It's not ideal, but it absolutely can work. Uh, and it's a lot cheaper and easier if you got to get by until you can get to the store. Yeah. Or say you're in a situation, again, grid down where you got no more parts. Well, you can make that work. Uh, maybe even zip tie it on there if you had to. I don't love that idea. But, you know, and like John said, a bird's nest can get down in there as well. So if it's ice or snow, quite often, you know, if you've got a long extension pole or we have um, roof rakes around here for when the snow gets heavy, you can get it up there and kind of, you know, knock it down and get the ice and snow and everything off. And it works great. But if there's a, you know, an animal or something down there, you got to figure out how to get it down or get it out of there. Uh, you know, I, there's no easy way to do it, but like a long pole that you can get down underneath and pull it out. Um yeah, so this is a good one, John. I meant to mention this earlier and I didn't, but John says lots of people cause their own problems by putting grease down the drain. So repeat after me, do not dump bacon grease down the drain. Right, you should use it for cooking with. But yeah, seriously, this is something that we did a lot of over the years and created a lot of our own problems. And that is at the worst is bacon grease because what ends up happening is just like the lady I worked at with Dairy Queen. You guys ever had a dipped cone at Dairy Queen before? So it's got wax in it, right? And that can of chocolate and wax sits on a heater all the time. So we had a can that was uh, past its expiry date. We had to get rid of it. I told her to throw it in the dumpster and she said, no, I am going to dump it down the toilet. Now, if anybody knows <laughs> what happens when wax hits cold, it hardens almost instantly. And I said, don't do it. She was my boss. She said, I'm going to do it. I'm dumping it down the toilet and flushing it. I'm like, okay. So as soon as that hot wax hit the toilet, it created an entire seal in that toilet. It just went rock hard. And she was like four hours scraping it all out of there afterwards. That's the same process as putting bacon grease and stuff down. Yes, Dave says grease doesn't go down the drain. Yeah, we should. I should make a list. But yeah, those are, if you want to solve yourself, Again, the biggest issue with plumbing and, and drainage issues are not to not to create your own problems. And, and that's what it comes down to, right? So yeah, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, but just don't do it. Don't grease and wipes. They're both awful things that are going to clog up your lines. And yeah, uh, don't breathe in that sewer gas, you know, wear yourself a breather mask or something. And like I said, you got to get that cleaned out. And if you do, then you're probably going to be able to have a properly functioning sewer system from there. So that was the 10. You know, there are more, but uh, I like to put, uh, you know, my prepping philosophy is to prep with the odds, right? So everything that I want to, I always want to prep for the most likely thing to happen. So, you know, I'm not necessarily going to prep for an EMP, but I'm certainly going to prep for a midwinter power outage, you know? And that's the same way I approach home maintenance. If, you know, your best bang for your buck is investing in the skills 
that you're most likely to use and investing in the materials you're most likely to need. So that's why I put these shows together. I pick the most common situations that I've seen in my handyman business and, you know, the most common ones that the experts say, and then we deal with them. We break them down one at a time. So I threw a few quick tips here. I know I'm going a little long tonight, guys, but it is what it is. Um, so, uh, oh, host plant people and potting mix. Uh, <laughs> ask me how I know. So that went down a drain. Is that what you're saying, Chris? I'm just curious. It sounds like there's a whole friggin' story there. Um, so quick, a few quick things, again, on prevention and that sort of thing. If you move into a house or you buy a new property and there's cast iron drain lines in there and they look old, do yourself a favor and cut the whole damn thing out. And when you're replacing drain line, like doing drain line work, it's easier than you think. Take a picture and then, you know, before you even cut out the old cast iron stuff, start building the replacement pieces and dry fit everything with plumbing. All the fittings will fit tight together. And truth be told, <laughs> unless you have a lot of pressure on a sewer system, the fittings don't actually have to be glued. I glue everything, but I've seen it where I've gone and taken plumbing pieces apart and they were never glued that whoever did the work before and they held up for years. I'm not saying don't do it, but you know, you can do that. Maybe for another time, Chris says, sounds good to me, man. <laughs> um, have your sep If you're buying a new place, have your septic lines inspected as part of the buyer's agreement. Uh, like I said, if it's clay lines, tell them you want that replaced. I wouldn't buy a house with a, with the old clay lines in there. Um, have sump pumps on hand, you know, an extra sump pump, an extra sewer pump, have them on hand all the time. Uh, if you, like I said, I've told you all that if, if you don't have a long enough snake, you can always cut your line in half and then keep going. And in a pinch, a hanger can you be used as a snake as well. Then I, I wanted to, like, I always love to finish up with the worst case scenario. I try to be an optimist. So these are the, you know, but what do you do if, you know, the grid's down, you're in a bad situation, you don't have anything else that you can deal with. And you've still, you know, you've got a collapse septic system. Your entire drainage system is not working anymore. So what are the off-grid options? Uh, before I do, I am going to, Dave says, blatant plug. Speaking of Canadian handymen, on Patreon, Steve Smith and his son are doing a red-green podcast monthly. Holy crap. If you guys, red-green, Steve Smith is a Canadian comedian. And red-green is the character he plays. And he is a Canadian treasure. If you don't know who he is, he is a politer, dumber version of Tim Taylor from Handyman, uh, from uh, Home Improvement. But anyway, he is hilarious. So do yourself a favor and go down a YouTube rabbit hole some evening and watch some of the old red-green skits. They're awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, John says, some places require septic inspections on every home sale. There is a reason. Yeah, there is. And if your place doesn't, it's just like buying a used car. Spend $100 or $200 to save yourself literally tens of thousands of dollars get it done and get it looked at okay so off-grid options so we're in a home because of course we decided to bug in and whatever happened we don't have the materials to fix our septic system so what are we going to do well my i used to spend the night at my grandmother's house when i was a kid <laughs> my grandmother used what my dad quote uh, anyway my dad used to pleasantly referred to as a slot bucket. It was basically a five gallon bucket that she would take upstairs and, you know, you could go number one in if you needed to. And then they would bring it down in the morning and dump it in the toilet and flush it. Uh, you know, so worst case scenario, you could do something like that. 
um, then dig a hole in the ground and dump it in it. The shop, my grandfather ran an alternator generator shop for years. It had no plumbing in it whatsoever. And I feel like I'm 150 years old telling these stories, you know, using a slop bucket and an outhouse, but they had a two seater outhouse behind the shop for years. I'm not really sure why there was two seats because I can't imagine ever sharing an outhouse, but building an outhouse is an absolute necessity in a grid down situation, or at least, you know, figuring out something like that. My dad grew up in a home with an outhouse and they used the Sears catalog as toilet paper. And that is a true story. <laughs> now, uh, something, a more modern, sensible solution. Uh, if your toilet isn't flushing and there's no water in it, you can always put a garbage bag in it, do your business, and then throw the garbage bag outdoors. Um, build a composting toilet for us men. It's pretty simple. Open the door, stand on the deck, relieve oneself, go back inside. <laughs> uh, one that, uh, if you guys know Steve Harris, he used to be on uh, uh, the Sorrel podcast a lot. He used to talk about keeping a bottle of... Uh, portable toilet chemical on hand you can basically you know use a container do your business in it dump a little bit of that on top and be done with it uh it you know it, it's that it's that smell that porta potties have it's that really strong chemical smell that basically eats down any of that junk um and then something i got thinking about the other night is uh we had uh, brian from the lots project on a while ago him and his wife are looking to move full-time in their rv but for me you know 11 and a half months of the year, my RV sits just in my driveway here. And that is a whole nother sewer system, uh, septic system, holding tank that I have access to. If in a worst case scenario, you know, if you're not going to bug out, you can bug into your driveway and use your camper. Uh, so, and they have a pretty decent holding tank. You know, they're not huge, but you know, they are. Um, <laughs> some uh, Chris uh, Chris Dixon says it's an experience. We had eight people in our old homestead with no running water. We also had a two seater. On occasion, it was very occupied. Well, I suppose if you had eight people and one outhouse, that would work. Uh, at my uncle's hunting camp, we had just a one seater, but of course, deer season is cold, 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 <laughs> and we just have to go out there first thing in the morning, and we'd always fight over who'd be the first one that had to warm up the seat in the morning. But <laughs> yeah true story. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then lastly, uh, some homemade drain cleaners. So say you did your best and you stocked up on all the things that you could, but you didn't get drain cleaner or you're out of it or whatever. Say you got one clog that these work really well on again is the, the damn bacon grease. So if you got bacon grease down your, your uh, drain, well, this'll work. Um, well, there's a couple different, if you have lye for making soap, that'll work dump lie down, dump water down. Um, I got to look up the proper, don't do this until you look up the proper order. There's one order. I can't remember if you add water to lie or lie to water, but anyway, uh, lie is an effective drain cleaner. I don't use it. The one we used to use when we had, you know, no money to go to the store was you pack your drain full of baking soda. Then you dump, you know, a very generous serving of vinegar down your drain let it run for say half an hour until you put your ear down to the drain. You can't hear it sizzling anymore. Then boil an entire pot of hot water and then dump the hottest boiling water you can down the drain. And you know what? That is one of the best home remedies I've ever come across. And it works quite often. I mean, if there's not an actual physical blockage down the drain, that can work really, really well. 
And to me, that was probably, yeah, it's one of the, the best DIY methods for cleaning out a drain. So if you're ever, ever in a pinch and you don't have drain cleaner and you're not comfortable taking apart your pipes, try that out and see what you think. All right, guys. Well, that actually wasn't too bad. We're only, what, 12 minutes past one hour. Although nobody tells me how long I have to be or anything like that. I just, I try to keep these to an hour for you, you know? Um, so yeah, like I told you guys, um, Sunday, I've got Tactical Redneck coming on to talk about tactically assessing your property. Um, and next next uh, Thursday will be the last preparedness of 2021. It's going to be a shocking episode. We're talking about electrical in case you didn't get the pun. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's really good. And uh, for those of you guys who are over on the YouTube channel listening, and you want to support PBN or you want to know more about who's coming up tomorrow on the Prepper Broadcast Network. Uh, it's um, Carl A.D. Brown. He always has a lively discussion. It's all about uh, Christianity, preparedness, and the news stories that nobody else wants to touch. So if you want to get some real high quality preparedness uh, listening in, check them out. And there is there's so much. I I am so thankful for James for giving me the chance to become part of the PBN family. It it blows me away how great it is, and you guys should really check it out. Uh, <laughs> thanks, John. John says, great stream, Tim. Have a fantastic night and weekend. Yes, everyone else as well. And guys, you know, I tell you this, and I, maybe I don't tell you often enough, because we all have the same amount of time in the week, and we can do our, what we want with our time. And I appreciate the fact that you're willing to come in and hang out with me at the workshop. So, Guys, that's it for me this week. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.